This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off pregame podcast on News Radio 1040 WHO. I'm Travis Justice. He is Ross Peterson. And Ross, I just wrapped up my morning show on our sister station, KXNO. And I did a poll this morning, very simple. And okay. I, I guess it doesn't really shock me that much. But I, the, 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 the poll was Is Saturday a must win for the Hawkeyes? And it was a 90% yes and 10%. No, uh, that uh, that ten percent are goofy. This is an absolute. <laughs> I it was funny because I said the same thing. I'm like, hey, if anybody out there that voted is part of the ten percent, please call and let me know your rationale because I'd like to know what your brain is thinking. I, I'm, you know, I guess can ten people land on the logical side of you can lose this game and it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, you can go on and have a great season um, with a loss to Illinois on that record. I was lost has lost to teams that hurt their uh, image more than losing to Illinois in the past. I'm not saying this season. Um, but but for us, for fans, for the for the sake of these freshmen that we've we've put so much into and that uh, Kirk Ferentz has put so much faith in, this absolutely is a must win. This isn't just a must win, Travis. You win this game 10 to 7, we're going to have a sound off that sounds like um, that sounds like the Hawkeyes lost. Well, and, and that's a good point. Now, it'd still be a win, but I think the, the better point that was brought up on our show was that, A, it's a must-win because if you want any chance at getting to Indianapolis and, it, and the odds are against you at this point, you have to win this game. But if you were to lose at home to Illinois, what does that say about your program? And I did another podcast earlier in the week, Ross, where the, hosts, the co-host said this. He believes that Illinois is worse than Rutgers. And that's saying something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's... And I think most people, I mean, if you, I watch a lot of, of Big Ten Network. Um, we hear a lot of the stuff on, on the network. We watch a lot of football while we're sitting there on Saturdays. Travis, I think that's a pretty popular opinion, that Illinois is the worst team in the Big Ten. And the reason is, and, we'll, and you'll see this on Saturday if you're not familiar with them, they start a ton of freshmen. You think we're putting some time into some uh, into some young kids. Uh, Lovey is turning this program over, trying to do it again. And he's doing it with really young kids. And they're part, starting a new quarterback on Saturday, too. Did you That's see the, that? I did see that. So Jeff George Jr. going to be the new gunslinger. Is it the Jeff George kid? It is. Wow. It, yep. And... He, he played a little bit last year. I think it was last year. I, I should. I remember seeing him before Travis. That we and we even kind of commented one time about, uh, you know, sitting in the studio watching games about oh, that's Jeff George's kid, and we were not impressed. Now that was his freshman year. He's had a year to mature, and he's just beaten out the, uh, uh, um, you know, his his competition. So I don't think this is anything to worry about. It is always a wrinkle. When you've got a new quarterback that you're going to be facing, uh, but the Hawks have plenty of time to prepare for him. You know, last week Illinois got beat by Nebraska. That was a Friday night game. The good news is this: when you look at that game, is that Nebraska was able to run the football effectively, and that it ran the ball more than it passed. So that should translate, I would hope, that Iowa getting its running back or its running game back on track. Something it didn't do well against Penn State, and it certainly didn't do well against Michigan State. Yeah. Travis, against Penn State and I guess now against Michigan State, my answer to that is just that those are really solid defenses. They are. We tried to tell people early on when when Akron Wild they had a great game against Iowa State, and we had some people call in and say this guy is going to win the Heisman. We tried to slow him down and say he enjoy a good game. He had a really good game against Iowa State. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy, 
And we took a beating for that. And this is why he's not going to win the Heisman <laughs> Trophy, because Penn State is a really good defense, one of the best defenses in, in the Big Ten, if not the best. And Michigan State's right there with him. So it, I'll chalk up a little bit of the, the lack of run game to um, the fact that those defenses loaded up the boxes, those defenses made Nate Stanley try to beat them, and he couldn't quite be consistent enough to actually do that. And we'll see what happens against Illinois, who is a far inferior defense. They, they should have to come in with the same game plan, but it should be a different outcome. What I do like, Ross, and, I, and I'm going to use Iowa State fans are going to get mad at me for using this analogy. And Lord knows that I, we, you and I have both been critical in the past of, of Kirk Ferentz, but those are, those are different things. If there was ever a coach that I would want in the situation that I was in right now, it would be Kirk Ferentz. Because what I like is the consistency and the even keelness and not the panic mode. Remember when, remember when Iowa State would lose and Paul Rhodes would just panic and your team takes on that self-panic? Yeah. When you have that calm, cool, collected demeanor, there's no panic through without. And I think players react to the way their coaches react. And I, and I don't want Iowa State fans to get mad at me, but I believe when Paul Rhodes was on the ground kicking and screaming at Kansas State his last game because they were watching it fold, they lost because their players didn't know how to handle We've it. We've talked about that, Travis, yeah. about how you know, that, that's always been an obvious one to me that your players, when you act desperate about a call, when you when you do like and Paul Rhodes, I think is a great example. Not to just beat up on that guy <laughs> all of a sudden, but that was a great example. Yeah. You know, falling to your knees and essentially begging for a call. Um, that your team has to look at that and go, man, are we that bad that it, without that call, exactly, we can't overcome this because it's now third and nine and not first and ten or whatever this whatever because of this one play, we can't win this football game. And I 100% believe that, whether it's subconscious or not, that you, when you see that stuff, it it has an effect of, man, we're just, we can't get by without that. I've seen, I see it at the high school level a lot. You can see it at youth levels. Whenever parents overreact to a call, I always think that same thing. Like, man, you're putting off the impression to your kids, like, without this one decision, they can't overcome. Relax. <laughs> So anyway, that I, I, I agree with that, and we've seen that. To give Iowa State a compliment, we always talked about how Fred Hoiberg's calm demeanor yes. uh, benefited that team in stressful situations. They always seem to have a cool confidence about them, and uh, it comes from the top, yeah. So Iowa is at home, an 11 o'clock kick against Illinois. It's homecoming against the Illini. Um, are you surprised, and this, this, this happens, of just how irrelevant – Illinois football is, and maybe just Illinois sports in general. No, no, I am. I mean, because this. I mean, the, the fall because it's been a steady fall. I mean, I remember. That's why I'm not surprised. Okay. I guess, but, yeah. but explain to me why you would well, be surprised. It's just because it's amazing to me that in a state like Illinois and a city like Chicago, that you can become so irrelevant. And I remember, and I'm older than you, but I remember when I remember when Jeff George was the actual quarterback and they were, where they were okay. And then um, they had decent football teams and basketball was halfway decent. I was talking like the whole Illinois sporting landscape has just become irrelevant in Big Ten talk. And I guess I find that surprising based on the population, the proximity to Chicago, 
it just can't make anything work. Do you think it's cyclical and it comes back around? Yeah, I do. I do. I think about you, you need to find the right leadership. You need to find the right culture. You need to find somebody. But I also think it's 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 it is believe it or not facilities. I don't think they've had the best facilities around. They haven't been able to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to, to, to Big Ten play, and it takes that investment. Now they got a new athletic director, really young guy. Went after, of course, Brad Underwood and. In basketball, Lovey Smith. I'm not sold on the Lovey Smith hire, but I, you're right, Ross. It is cyclical, but I, I'm trying to think of another team that athletically, I'm talking top to bottom athletic, has become so irrelevant in the Big Ten. I mean, even Purdue stays relevant with basketball. Okay, Purdue, dude, Purdue's shown flashes this year yeah. that they aren't aren't far away. Yeah, but I'm saying even in basketball, they've stayed relevant. Purdue, I mean, yeah, Purdue's a great example yeah. of how you usually see a little bit of a, a bounce. Yeah, um, you know, Minnesota has become with the hiring of PJ Fleck kind of saved that, didn't it? A little bit. You went a couple years ago. We were talking about that being one of the best teams in the Big Ten, or at least yeah. in the Big Ten West, and. Man, now I feel like we we also look past Minnesota from yeah. time to time. Nothing like Illinois. You're right. They've been down at the bottom for quite a while. So initially, I was thinking, Travis, I hear stories about how different the sports landscape has changed in Chicago because of the Blackhawks. Once the Blackhawks started winning, that things really changed. I mean, down really? on Michigan Avenue, you had giant Blackhawk stores that mm. never existed before that now are staples down there. So I wondered if you know. Obviously, success is is the is the uh, you know accelerant for that. Yeah. But you've uh, you've got to start winning, and maybe if you start winning and you win for a couple of years down there, then people start paying attention. But you're not really a Chicago sport. That's the thing. It's not. There shouldn't be much relevance to Chicago for Illinois football recruiting. I'm t- we're talking fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, and yeah, I we're, and we're I guess excitement behind. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 and I guess just, I was talking recruiting. You would hope that you could keep your own kids in your state. I mean, I always had a good job in recruit. I mean, it seems like more people have Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern have better luck within that area. I'm not going to bag on how the Hawks do no, in no. state. I love it, but let's <laughs> exactly. not. But Ross Piercebacher, it was the yeah. best recruit to come through this state in a long time. He went to Alabama. Yeah. The next best recruit to come through this state in a long time went to Iowa State. So. You you don't have to get and I'm not trying to Illinois needs the kids from Chicago I'll, I'll you you win that argument 100. Uh, percent He's Ross Peterson I'm Travis Justice This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off pregame podcast Hope you're enjoying it Please feel free to share it The Hawkeyes take on Illinois Saturday 11 o'clock homecoming uh, Your predictions for the game Pain uh, I think that I think that Iowa finally gets things rolling here, man. You, you've got to figure out with the offensive line that had to have been the focus for these uh, these five days for Kirk Ferentz to figure out what the, he's got. Brilliant offensive line minds sitting there. Himself, Brian Ferentz, Polisek, these guys know what they're doing with talented dudes. We had, we had some great calls on Saturday, Travis, with Sound Off that have really had me thinking. One of them was towards the end of the show, and the guy said, talent is the most overused word in college football. I think that's a brilliant statement. And this offensive line, I think, is a perfect example of that. These guys all have talent. They just cannot figure out how to push around uh, defensive lines. What, we, what I thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year was a steamroller offensive line. Maybe pass protection was going to be an issue like it was last year, but you've got four of these five guys returning. Cole Crossen's the only guy you lost. Now, uh, losing Ike Bodker, I think, is 
the biggest part of your of why you haven't reached that potential this year. But you have been a, a, a below average offensive line at times this season against teams that now that we've got a little bit of perspective. Iowa State's defensive front is not that good. They're okay. They're not that. I good. think the ends are good. The, they are, but you're not. They shouldn't have been able to just beat up Iowa's offensive line the way they did as many times as they did. Yeah. So they've got to figure out that. And then once you figure out that, I think a lot of other things will fall in place. You can start running the football a little bit more. Uh, once you start running the football, that opens up the passing game for Nate Stanley, who I just think needs a little bit of wiggle room, and you're going to start breaking some plays here because he, he, he completes passes. He's putting passes on point that are inside that 15-yard, 20-yard mark. I think that you're close. I love what Brian Ferentz has been doing with the offense. I think this is the week that it comes together. You're finally playing a team that you can really push around the field, um, and, and it all it all should gel now. If I'm looking at this correctly, I was not lost to Illinois at home since 1999. That would have been uh, Kirk Ferentz's first year uh, with the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes have won 11 of the last 14 meetings, 8 of the last 9, and 3 in a row in the series. An 11 o'clock kickoff at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, Ross Peterson will be hosting um, Sound Off. Now, I got, the, uh, I got the text commitment from Derek Pagel. Did you now? Yes, I did. Okay. He's going to come in studio and be with us. Now, Andrew Downs is planning on being around on Saturday. Sean Roberts will be with me on Saturday. Okay. So, you know. Without Sans Travis, we're gonna have a great show. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 exactly. Um, uh, I'm gonna miss you though. I mean, this is this is rare for me to miss uh, not one but two sound offs in a row. Next well, week it's gonna be next a, week's a, the bye week, yeah. and that, we're just gonna do the two hours. You know, I'll probably yeah. hook up with Chad Lysacombe. We'll get Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com, yeah. and um, you know, maybe we'll get the Jethro's guys to come and chat oh, with yes. us for a little. That'd bit. That'd be good because they deserve it. We love the Jethro's. They bring each and every week. They feed us. And for your pregame meal, for your in-game meal, just doing anything you want, whenever you want a meal, Jethro's is the place to go because it is just absolutely amazing food. So uh, for Ross Peterson, I'm Travis Justice. Ross, have a, have a good couple of weeks, and I'll you talk too, to you. You too, buddy. Travel safe, man. We'll so look I'm back to for what, what game am I back for? I'm trying to think. Northwestern. Oh, that oh that'd be good. That'd be good. Northwestern the 21st. So here's the schedule for these these six on the way out. The back nine. Yep. Northwestern, Minnesota. Ohio State. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Nebraska. That's not an easy back nine. It's not. There's a lot of hazards, sand traps, and all sorts of things. Good way trees. to put it. Yeah, no par threes. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Uh, go Hawks on Saturday. This has been the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off pregame podcast on News Radio 1040 WHO. World famous ribs on two. Ready? Break. Down. Set. Jethro's, Jethro's, hot, hot. Jethro's Barbecue, your game day tailgate headquarters. Jethro's Barbecue voted best barbecue in Des Moines. Best wings in Des Moines. Best nachos in Des Moines. Jethro's Barbecue, y'all come for the football and stay for the party. Jethro's Barbecue featuring world famous slow smoked ribs. Jethro's Barbecue, six convenient metro locations and now open in Ames, 1301 Buckeye Avenue, just off Duff.